Well, good afternoon to you. This is Alan Seymour, your host here on All In Sports Talk, the future of sport. Delighted in this segue today to be talking a little bit outside the norm. I'm going to be talking with David McQuillan, who's a director of Square Chapel Arts, an art centre in Halifax. And really want to try and maybe draw some parallels between sport, the arts and entertainment. So, David, tell us a little bit about your role to begin with here at, um, you know, Square Chapel Arts. Yes, I'm the the director now of uh, Square Chapel Arts Centre. And I've been director for only two years. I've, I've actually worked here for 14 years now, since 2003. Um, I started work here in the outreach team part-time and that was about setting up projects for, for young people to take part in the arts. And I've done a, a variety of different jobs over my time here, so I was delighted two years ago to become director of this, this amazing centre at a time when we were just about to start building work on a big £6.6 million extension to the art centre that's given us a whole whole new life really. We've got a, a second auditorium that's an art house cinema so we do about 600 film screenings a year okay. on top of the 240 live performances and we've got an amazing cafe bar with a, a great range of craft beers and real ales and lovely food and wine. I mean, David, when I talk to anybody on my show, there are nearly always two consistent themes. One is the passion and the kind of real excitement, intensity they have for what they do, and that's clearly very apparent already in just a few short comments from you. And I think the second thing is that we're always talking about doing things and getting better. So when you first kind of got involved in, notionally, I'm going to broad, broadcast this as the arts, what were your real motives for wanting to be involved in in the arts, per se, David? Well, I, uh, I trained as a painter, so I'm a visual artist. Okay. Right, so I've always had this passion for the arts and what it, what it means, really, to be part of it and the, the fact that I think it's one of those things that makes life worth living really so it's one of the really exciting things that we can be part of um i had i had some success selling my own work as, as an artist and then i had some lean periods so i did what um, a lot of people do and i did a, a teacher training course in in secondary art okay. education and what i found there was i absolutely loved teaching and i loved working with the, the kids and, and teaching them things about art and seeing the excitement and enjoyment they got out of it I didn't so much like all of the out-of-school paperwork, lesson planning and uh, evaluation and marking. So when the, the job came up here, which was really that, um, that active role of working with kids and, and setting up arts projects, whether that was youth theatre or we set up a, a project for young musicians so they could come together and form bands and learn about writing songs and record their first demo and perform the first gig with us and then hopefully go and pursue a career in, in music um, really that just the, to see other people starting out in um, in creating things I think that's a, a really positive choice that people can make and that everybody's capable of, of creating and doing something artistic and, and getting a huge amount out of it I mean David I'm going to pause and stop there because I said there were two things 
and clearly my show is called the future of sport but it's it's re, it, it's kind of framed contextualized around education my passion and love has been a career based in education with lots of other things that have included communication and in that you know i have to make this comment now because unbeknown to me my first job and my first training was as a school teacher so we share a lot yeah absolutely share a lot in common and without maybe going into the whys and wherefores of you know how you do teaching and what's involved in it so and again i picked up very uh, very uh, importantly and very quickly in your first commentaries about doing things for young people and i think the drive for me has always been you know it's great to see p- potential fulfilled the creativeness the creativity so and that is a just a fantastic kind of introduction to our interview today and also perhaps provides a little segue moving forward um i mean there are things wrong clearly in some of the ways you know that we promote maybe the arts or maybe even promote what's best for the youth and the fulfillment of uh, of all the the kind of potential and you know that people have do you think there is a crisis or a a, a some kind of uh, image problem maybe in putting the arts out there for young people or what are your perspectives on that David? I think without getting too political okay. I think it's um, I think it's a shame when arts and, and creative skills get squeezed out of the curriculum in, in mainstream schooling okay. um, and I think that that is an issue and we, we do run a lot of projects where um, we put on special shows that um, we give incredibly subsidised tickets to um, primary schools, particularly those in the more disadvantaged areas Fantastic. around here. Yeah. Um, because part part of it, the first step really is, is an awareness that it's out there. I mean, until somebody shows you what's going on and what's possible, as a, as a young person, as a child, you don't always know what what's out there and what is possible um, and what you want to pursue with your own life. Um, and moving into that kind of what is for art centres, um, a difficult that difficult kind of teenage young person market because there's so much competition on their time. Yeah. There's so much about what their peers think is, is cool, what they should be doing, what they've got the money to do. Um, but there is potentially an image problem there. Um, is 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 going to an art centre and, and spending their money there and being seen there what what they want to be seen doing when you're competing you're competing with I don't know going to the cinema going down to the park watching stuff on Netflix it's there's a lot of competing yeah. interests and not a lot of disposable income for people um, and one of the things we're really trying to do now we've always I mean, finance isn't the only thing that stops people attending the arts events or, I guess, football matches, but it is one of the things that does. Um, so for, for years, we've, we've had like a three or four pound ticket offer for young people between 14 to 24. Yep. And we've always we've always tried to keep our, our general ticket price around 12 or 10 pounds um, so that it is affordable. But we know... You know, twelve pounds, ten pounds—that's too much for for some people. You know, there's people out there who are really struggling in the current climate financially, and when you're balancing a kind of tight weekly or monthly budget, that twelve pound or ten pound is, is forcing you to make a difficult decision between a fairly essential living. 
I mean, David, can I just also, sorry, yeah, sorry, I, I'm, I'm not meaningfully interjecting here, but I think one of the points you raise, I've agreed almost in its entirety with the general uh, responses that you've made. Is there something, though, that can be done maybe to engage and encourage, and given the fact that finance may not be the main stumbling block, and clearly if you can offer three to four pounds kind of general tickets for some things, then clearly that surely should provide enough impetus. But the point I kind of think is, I know with my own students and, and a career spent with them, that the student experience is much better when you give and empower students to do things. You not only encourage them, but you actually give them the platform so, so maybe I'm asking: Is there a is is there a, a belief and a, a platform to encourage young theatre, young involvement in producing things, doing things, etc., etc.? Because I think sometimes we may always want to um, kind of defer to we're going to uh, something because it's got a celebrity persona around it. What are your views on that, and what does Square Chapel perhaps do to encourage that? Yeah, so, I mean, since I, I started all those years ago, sort of 14 years ago, we have had this dedicated um, outreach programme, we call it, and a big Fine. part of that is about engaging with young people, and we, we never set up anything in that without talking to tens, hundreds of young people right. about what they actually want to do. Um, so that, that's the, the engagement level of that activity. So that that led, in, in one instance, to the, the building of a, a whole new, youth centre in the town um, that was that cost four million pounds we raised the funding for that and designed wow. it with young people um, and you can tell we designed it with young people it's got like it's got a skate park on the roof it's got <laughs> a, a climbing tunnel but it's got um, recording studios and rehearsal rooms for those bands that we were working with so all of those projects that we run they, even if art isn't a, a massive part of it so there was one community we worked with in an estate called Field Lane Estate, and what they wanted to do was parkour, you know, like free run. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's what we did. We found somebody that was able to teach them that. We also found a, a video artist who would film it and help them make a film of what they were doing. And that, but it's, what's really important for us to pick up on your question is then those those voices, those young people's voices being present when we make programming decisions about the work that we have on our stage, because you're right, it, it, that needs to be represented, and it, you can make it as, as cheap as you want, but if it's not what people want to come and see, or something that inspires interest in those young people, that still won't work. Um, so yeah, we are we are committed to that, that voice being part of our decision making um, in the work we have on stage. I mean, again, David, I mean, what better response, what fantastic, compelling, real evidence and, and, and the fact of that two-way engagement, you know, making sure that voices are listened to. And I'm a massive, massive believer in, you know, how good potential and how good student development and give them those platforms. So fascinating and, and really rewarding for me just to listen to some of those commentaries. Let's now kind of maybe move on, because maybe something else that we have in common, we must have in a way, because I went to Liverpool as a student... I've, I'm always a student anyway, I'm probably at the end of my, well I'm not going to say it 
you know, because it's on the record here, I'll never ever retire. Uh, but I notionally came out of formal university lecturing two years ago to enable me to do things like I'm doing with my radio show and conferences and many other things. And it's gratifying in a way that there is a part of Liverpool that's always been retained in everything I do. And I think it's a culture, I think it's a, a city that has so much to offer. And I believe you're an Evertonian, is that right, David? I, I am an Evertonian. I believe that you're not a word, but you're a red. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> well, you're being very polite, and maybe the timing of this interview, uh, you're playing tonight in Europa, we played last night, uh, didn't did, get yeah. didn't get quite the result, but, but I, I, I'm a positive guy. I don't look at the defensive frailties. I just look at the superb attacking play. But given what I've just said, you know, sport audiences, entertainment, you know, Liverpool's been a European capital of culture, it's obviously got the music scene, I remember in my student days going to the Everyman and uh, lots of other social as well as cultural things that I did there and that's been retained and I think it's great. So what, what, what kind of legacies or what kind of uh, reminiscings almost, because I presume that you're, you're now based in, in, in Halifax, but tell us a little bit about your Liverpool connections, and sorry, your Everton connections, maybe. Well, yeah, um, so I, I've, I've never lived in Liverpool. Oh, right, OK. Uh, the, the connection is my, um, my granddad did and my dad did, so my dad grew up in Naughty Ash. OK. Um, so my, my, my granddad and my dad uh, Everton fans, which is how I happen to be an Everton fan. Right. I think of you know Evertonians are born, not made. There was no there was no choice in the life. I grew up <laughs> in Huddersfield, so I, in, you know when I when I couldn't get to Goodison, I did used to go to um, the the McAlpine and as okay. it was then anyway, yeah. um, and, and see Huddersfield. But yeah, it was always it was always Everton. Um, so I've, up until recently, it's been the, the three generations. So my, my granddad, my dad, and myself going going over to to Goodison. Um, my granddad can't make it there anymore. He, uh, we, we've tried to we've tried to twist his arm and um, sort of book hospitality and, and stuff, but um, he's very he's very good humoured about it. But his approach is he he's got what he calls forty forty vision now, which is that he's fine to watch the match, but only if it's on a forty inch TV and he's sat forty inches away. If <laughs> he took him into the stands, he said it had all be lost on him. Okay, um, right. Yeah, yeah. I, so I remember going to to Goodison from a really early age. My dad was a season ticket holder. My granddad was a season ticket holder right up until they sold Rooney. Um, that's when he stopped. So yeah, from the good years, from like 84, 85, oh, 86, wow, yeah. I remember going to, to Goodison. Great days for you, no doubt. I mean, again, this... And what is fascinating about being able, you know, I always believe that sport is front and back page news. I always believe that if you go anywhere in the world and, you know, you've just mentioned Rooney there, you mentioned Naughty Ash back to me. It was my first, my first purchased house in Liverpool after graduation and, and one or two other developments in my uh, in my life, I, I bought a house in Naughty Ash. So, again, it's just amazing that these connections uh, can come about without necessarily making 
maybe going into the performance and the and, and the kind of nuances because we'd probably be here all day talking about you know what's wrong with Everton or what's good about Everton etc. What parallels perhaps would you join uh, or, or would you comment on about the importance of things like maybe in sport I use the term quite often in my interviews and my research fan engagement and the whole concept of fandom and tribes and loyalties and so on against the backdrop maybe of some some of the comments that you've made already and we've touched upon in the necessity to engage with your audiences and what kind of maybe perspectives maybe trends that are originating now in what audiences want uh, maybe in both sport and the arts and drawing the two closer together david yeah well i think fundamentally there's that that act of um, congregation really that okay. draws the two together so mm. what what we what we believe in here is actually it, it doesn't have to have art as part of it actually there's there's a magic that's created when people come together um in a, in a shared experience and they're, they're united by that and that's what we're interested in is that that doesn't have to be putting a performer in front of an audience but that's one way of doing it um that audience are, are united with that performer they're united with each other and they're, they're sharing an experience what we want is for them to to leave this place kind of feeling more open-hearted and alive i guess and with more understanding for each other and through that we you know that's one way that we believe that you can you can change this world for the better absolutely um, art, art obviously can can carry many messages and it can help you understand yourself or the world differently or take you out of that world altogether if that's what you need at that time and that's a really positive thing but at its core is that coming together with other people and I think football sport does that as well that's one of the the thrills of going to the match um, so for me that one of the thrills was going with my dad and my granddad and, and meeting other friends and family people there but you're you know, you're one of 40,000 people and, you know, 35,000 of them are all supporting the same team. You're united by that and there's, there's that feeling of community yeah. and congregation there and being part of something and, on the whole, being part of something positive, I think. I think, obviously, obviously football has got really quite expensive um, and the, the figures involved in TV rights and transfers are enormous. And some of the ticket prices are as well. I think, not not talking about events on the pitch, the times when I'm kind of proudest to be an Everton fan is the, kind of, that kind of Everton in the community work. When yeah. I, you know, when I see the the players going out or the club reaching out and working with kids in Liverpool and working with the community, and I think the figures involved are, are so vast and it, you know it's not a cheap pursuit, is it, for oh. a football team and going to the matches. But that I do feel that 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 money and that benefit needs passing down. There needs there needs to be a kind of grassroots engagement. Um, the same way that we you know we work with young people in the arts and, and show them the possibilities and, and engage with them and work with them. You know, there's there's always talk about money flowing down into the grassroots yeah. and kind of the lower divisions. But I think within cities and, and counties and countries with that. Some of that money has got to get down to kids, I think, a real grassroots engagement with the, the communities that the clubs are based in. 
I mean, I think, David, what has been so uh, revealing in many ways, and, and I think for my audience, and, and for me particularly, personally, just listening here to your commentary, that, you know, you started by talking about how you first got involved and, and, and as an outreach and, and some of the um, projects that clearly have benefited everybody, particularly the young audiences. And I think your comment there is absolutely spot on. Because I've always believed sport, you know, um, and, and I talk about it a lot in research, you know, I often call it hardware and software, that, you know, the football game, 90 minutes, is the kind of thing that supposedly is, if you like, the, the event or the product. But sport today is so, so much more, and the shared congregation aspect, the community. And I think, you know, where sport needs to be and needs to succeed more in this engagement is to put those things back into the community. Everton, and I have no uh, no problem in saying this as a diehard red, that what Everton have done, and, and I've got lots of contacts there who I know are doing a great job in the community and sport for good and so on. And long may it continue. Sadly, kind of coming towards a, a, a natural close in our interview with you today, David. Tell us a little bit, because I'm very intrigued. Obviously, I've made some connections with some of your colleagues there and Sophia. Uh, and, and I'm fascinated to, to find out about, because I think you've almost touched upon it. You know, the art doesn't need to be, let me say, pluck something out of the area, a Shakespeare play. Uh, you know, or a live concert uh, with Bon Jovi, or whoever, or whatever it might be. It can be lots and lots of different things, and I know you're quite keen there to do kind of uh, meetings where you know someone might interview Willie Russell, for example, or you might have a few named notional name people but they talk about lots more than just their uh, celebrity status or their maybe acting status so tell us a little bit about maybe the future involvement of things that you're going to be doing at square chapel arts and what your kind of final summations would be on what's kind of the next if i can crystal ball gaze a little bit here the next big thing in, in, in art centres and what you can do in, in terms of what you're offering there at Square Chapel Arts well yeah I think that's that's right we have um, a, a range of things to, to appeal to all people because we, we firmly believe in that thing that the arts council say that you know great art should be for everybody and what art is and what appeals to people is different across the board so we so for example, tonight we've got the world premiere of Antigone, so it's a wow. modern adaption of a, an ancient Greek play. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a new version of the, the Magic Flute coming to us later in this, this season, so a, like a full-length opera, but in a, in a smaller space. So there is that, what was perceived as, as high art, um, proper theatre, proper opera, that, that's part of our offer. But I think what constitutes art? That, can you, we go, you could go back into the whole thing with Duchamp and Andy Warhol and kind of pop art. But yep. the, I think some of some of the things that are produced on on, on TV, on television at the moment, are, are incredible and would compete with some of the, the films that are coming out. And I think people are much more open-minded about what it is that they come and see. Um, so as you say, we have we have some we have some performances. So George Costigan, um, who's also an Everton fan, yeah. By the way. Um, and, I'll be uh, talking to George later in the month. So watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Willie Russell, we we don't actually know what that 
where that conversation is going to lead. I don't okay. know how much they yeah. know about where it's going to lead and whether it'll have bits of song, bits of performance in it. And I think mm. that that's quite exciting. Yeah. Um, because we we want to, to provide an offer where, where people come together and we're, we're open for people to, to suggest ideas. That comes from uh, all of our staff and, and patrons. Um, and we support the, the creation of, of new work, so we're happy for artists to come into our space and, and work here okay. and to create something entirely new, particularly if that engages with our communities here um, and they're, they're talking to, to people from this area, so it's work that, that resonates with them. Right. Um, there's there's always a place for people that people have heard of. So you know we've got um, we've got Arthur Smith and James A. Caster come in, and we've got a, a great concert from Peggy Seeger um, wow. later later in the year, and they're uh, they're incredibly popular. But some of some of the most kind of exciting and imaginative ideas come from some of the new new companies that where people haven't heard of the, the title of the play it's not a Shakespeare play they haven't heard of the company um, and we're you know we're asking people to, to trust us and, and come along and, and be part of something that's totally new um, one of the ways one of the ways we want to encourage people to do that and obviously we, we touched earlier on about um, the barriers to, to young people coming here one of them being financial and we you know people will say that's that's not just an issue that affects young people. Um, finances can be an issue that affect people of all ages. So we started introducing a new, a new scheme where people can genuinely pay what they can to see a show, anything wow. from one pound yeah. to twenty pound, um, and that's that's based entirely on trust. We don't ask anybody for any evidence for that, and people can buy them online, so they don't actually have to come in and say, "I only want to pay one pound for a ticket." I can do it all anonymously. Well, the principle is we there's a message out there that says if you can afford to pay a bit more please do because that enables us to keep schemes like that going so for those people that um, 10 or 12 pound is too much in their weekly budget they, they can come and share in those experiences for, for as little as one pound I mean David um, sadly like all great talks we'll talk again no doubt I'm sure I'd love to come over and visit you directly there yeah, at, the, at the art centre so I'm just going to leave with kind of my riff, almost my, um, I suppose, reflection and, and try and put a, a, a kind of quotation and an art summary to it because it's been fantastic listening to you. Where you talk about art for everyone, I think that is just a mantra that I would adopt in sport. And I also like the idea of, and I think it was probably born out of when, you know, uh, musicians first use social media and online presence and quite often, you know, donations were made for whatever you thought you could afford. So again, that parallel there is is very strong. But I, I, I've used a quote or I've cited a quote, it wasn't my quote, in, in some of my connections with, uh, you know, comparing sport and the entertainment and sport going as, as a fan. I think it was Neil Simon who said... You know, the great thing about drama and, and, and going to an event um, is that you never quite know what the ending's going to be. So, I mean, I think that comment you made about you're not sure about what the commentary and, and the interviews and on stage with George Costigan, etc. So, so that's a kind of nice little smiley almost to end our interview today. David, many, many thanks. David McQuillan from Square Chapel Arts. 
just give us a quick shout out to anybody you want to David on the show before we say bye and, and how can people contact you um, I will I, you know, I'll just give a shout out to uh, my dad and my granddad so Don and Stuart because they're the, they're the two people that are responsible for my Everton uh, friendship so they'll be delighted I'm doing a sports interview um, with a bit of art thrown in um, and then contacting us through our website is the best way David, fantastic, great interview, love talking and listening to you, every success for Square Chapel Arts going forward, many thanks David. Uh, Thank you, it's been a pleasure.